This podcast is brought to you by Trend. Trend is a micro-influencer marketing platform that helps connect brands with influencers. Learn more, join our network, or start an influencer campaign at trend.io. And we are back on the DTC pod, everybody. How's it going? Super excited to have this episode today. We have an awesome guest with us, Bailey Cooper, who's the senior brand strategist at Sharma Brands, a firm specializing in building brands for the modern era. We've actually had Nick on the show before too. So it's kind of cool to have this come a little full circle over here on the episode. We're going to be talking about a lot of different things, really more so about branding across different avenues from landing pages to social. Super excited to have Bailey on the podcast here. Uh, You should definitely check out her Twitter profile as well. She tweets some really good nuggets on uh, DTC sometimes as well. But anyways, I could keep talking on for a while on how great Bailey is, but Bailey, excited to have you on the podcast here. How's it going? Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm great. Yeah, super excited to have you here. That was a great intro. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm super excited to have you here. I know we have a lot to kind of unpack and uh, talk about. And this is your first podcast as well, right? It is. This is the inaugural one. Any expectations? No, I'm so excited. I just hope I don't take up too much of your time. Yeah, I I think, well, we have a lot of time carved out over here, so I'm sure we'll be able to get into some good stuff over here. Yes, for sure. But before we dive in, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and kind of what you do and work on at Sharma Brands? Yeah, so my name is Bailey Cooper. I am currently in New York City, so that has been a lot of fun. I've been in e-commerce between I did some PR, I did some social media marketing, I did some content marketing. And all of that was I started at Hint Water. And that's how I met Nick. I was doing a bunch of content marketing strategy, stuff like that for them throughout college. And that was my internship, I kept going back and really strengthened relationships there and learned a lot about e-com and, you know, the DVC business and marketing. And right out of college, my first job was a social media manager for a keto snack company. So that was really interesting learning all the back end of the wonderful world of social media and all of that. But there was just something I knew that I wanted to do more and learn more about DVC. My parents actually, they were kind of in e-com before it became e-com. About 22 years ago, they started a fulfillment company. And so, you know, at first they were just doing like random retail things. And now it's grown to doing a ton of the DDC brands that we interact with every single day. So it's kind of always been in my life. And so, yeah, so I didn't love PR. I didn't love the social media management. So now I'm doing a ton of stuff about UX, UI design between web pages, landing pages, brand strategy, brand messaging, really making sure that everything stays consistent across all platforms. And yeah, we're kind of a small team. So in a way, we all kind of wear the hats. But yeah, I focus mainly on web conversion and and that that type of stuff. Very cool. It sounds like you've had like uh, your hands in a lot of parts, uh, a lot of aspects of the direct-to-consumer world. Yep. Yeah, totally. Awesome. Uh, Well, hey, I know we're going to be talking about branding over here because that's kind of your specialty right now. Mm -hmm. Before we jump into all that, let's set the scene a little bit. Like, what does branding mean to you and what areas of a brand are affected by branding? I think that would be cool to start with a definition over there. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I actually think about this a lot because I feel like it's kind of always changing, but essentially I see branding as the way your consumers or people that are potential customers come across your brand and how they receive it, how they react emotionally, how they understand it, kind of like your reputation almost. So moving into that, I would say three areas come to mind when it comes to um, branding, obviously marketing, you want to make sure that you're communicating all of your messaging clearly and concisely, making sure your tone of voice is consistent. You want to make sure you commit to either you're going to be cheeky, sassy, and fun, or you're, you think your brand is more educational and professional. You know, there are so many different ways that you can go, but making sure that that tone of voice and that messaging is consistent across emails, SMS, landing pages, social. It's like very important. And then I would also say customer service. Again, tone of voice, how you respond to your customers, whether it's a complaint or a compliment or a problem, the way you react to that says a lot about how you care about your customers and if your brand cares about the customers. Some of my favorite examples, obviously Eli Weiss, Olipop always is giving us great examples, whether someone has to cancel a subscription because they, I think actually I, um, there was a dog food brand that had posted that someone had to cancel their subscription because their dog passed away. And so the, I can't remember the brand, but they sent the family flowers and like a donation in the name of the dog to like some animal society. And so I think that is huge in branding because you're always going to refer back to that brand as someone who is like a friend. Yeah, for sure. And also another good example of this is a couple of weeks ago with the Instagram blackout. Everyone's, you know, like freaking out on Twitter, but Three Ships Beauty, they're um, an all natural clean beauty brand from Canada. They took it as an opportunity to send out an SMS text because if you think about it, we were all on our phones all day refreshing anyway. So they sent out a message and it was basically like, hey guys, like I know Instagram's been been out, but maybe this is like a good thing. And it talked about the messaging between we're always trying to compare ourselves to the perfect people on Instagram and always trying to check in on everyone else. Like maybe this is actually like a blessing in disguise where we can like take a breath, reflect on ourselves. And it really, it took an opportunity, like they took that Instagram blackout and made it an opportunity to connect to customers and show their their values. Yeah, definitely. I guess like one thing that I have to ask, like I know Sharma Brands works with a lot of different brands. So, and you mentioned how branding really touches like almost every aspect of the business. How do you think about making sure everyone stays on the same page? Because I, I feel like at maybe like a small brand, it's probably easy because you've got like three, four people that you need to talk to. But I'm sure like some of the larger brands that you work with, Mm -hmm. it can be a little bit of a challenge, right? Yeah. So something that and and every time we launch a brand, we are very adamant because we have gone through process, whether like launching an internal brand or just going through the process, you need to have a brand guide. You need to sit down, whether it's a you know, whatever you want to call it, but Everyone needs to know what your North Star is. What are we building toward? And everyone needs to be aligned on that and making sure that 
your messaging is like, I'm going to keep saying this over and over again, your messaging is consistent, you know, as long as it's working, but we can get into that after. Yeah. So like I was saying, the brand deck, making sure that everyone is aligned on your North Star, your mission statement, your values. And also um, something that we run into is especially with like UX, UI design, making sure that everyone is aligned on even the smallest things like button sizes and bold fonts here. And that gets tricky because there is a lot of moving parts. People are doing ads. I'm doing landing pages or doing UGC. So really just keeping a centralized holy grail almost of your brand, like something that everyone can always relate back to so that there's never any confusion as to, hey, how do we market this? Because nothing's worse than you messaging one way in an ad and then you go to the landing page and the messaging's different. So yeah, I guess just like a lot of communication and making sure that everyone is aligned on these core values. And you know, any and in your brand builds from there, you'll see what works and what doesn't. But definitely keeping something where everyone can just reference is incredibly helpful. Yeah, that's great advice over there. Um, and you know, I was even thinking about one thing that you mentioned that I know you wanted to dive into is like, what happens when you need to, obviously, like, it's great to like have a branding plan and go in and really execute. But sometimes you run into roadblocks where the branding just doesn't match up with your audience. And you've got to make like edits on the fly. Mm -hmm. How do you manage that? How do you make sure that everything still kind of stays together and doesn't get lost when one thing breaks? Right, right. Yeah. So I mean, it does take a little while. For example, I can share um, when we worked with Judy, we first launched Judy, their emergency preparedness kit designed by experts. They're super organized. They're one of my favorite brands. When they launched, we thought it was going to be one of the biggest value props. One of the things that was going to get people to really convert was the fact that these kits were curated by disaster management experts we thought that that's really what it was going to be. And so a lot of our messaging was like designed by experts, this and that. But then after, after a couple months, I started, I love, this is my favorite thing to do. I read through our reviews or Instagram comments, like anything where our consumers are speaking directly to us. And, and I see what they're actually commenting on. And no one was commenting on the fact, no one was like, oh, I love this because it's designed by experts. Everyone liked it because of the convenience the peace of mind it gave, you know, knowing that they have this emergency kit in their house. And I realized I had to start pivoting my messaging from designed by experts to peace of mind, convenience, organization, like all that stuff. And it's slow. You start to, you just like start to, I'll tweak one value prop here, or I'll combine, I, you know, we still market designed by experts, but it's no longer like our driving thing. And that's, I think, really important to just keep up with. And also like, look at your competitors, see what troubles their customers are having with their products, and then work into your messaging, how you can alleviate those problems. So it's a slow like integration process because you don't want to completely pivot necessarily. But yeah, you see a lot of brands completely rebranding these days because they realize that their brand from five years ago is not resonating the way it used to. So sometimes a complete rebrand is necessary, but a lot of times I think it's just keeping up with what people are saying about your product, what people are saying about the industry, 
and really keeping a close eye on your customers. And yeah, and then adapting your messaging to that. For sure. So would you say like social channels, especially since there is so much engagement over there is like a really good place to validate your branding, right? And say like, yeah, yeah, what we're doing is is actually working and, and hitting right. Yeah, a lot of what I, I say this to most of our clients is nowadays, your Instagram page is essentially your homepage. I don't know about you, but a lot of times when I find out about a brand, I just quickly look at go out, look them up on Instagram. And so I think that's where a lot of brands start to argue with like, it goes between like aesthetic of the feed and then like actually giving relevant, valuable information to the consumer. And I see that with like a ton of brands. They think that posting like scenery pictures is going to like work. And it's kind of like, why aren't you using this opportunity to educate like a ton of the skincare brands have been doing it. I've seen Tula again, three ships. They, every piece of content has value to the customer, whether it's the steps of a skincare routine, uh, in-depth thing about the ingredient, the key active ingredient in something and being able to adjust that content into something digestible for Instagram is like so easy and so effective because you're just going to end up, people are just going to go straight to your page and they're going to have all this information needed to make a purchase. So yeah, I think that's just like such low hanging fruit is like social media for sure. Yeah, I will probably agree with you there because I've definitely done that um, when I find out about new brands is like go straight to their Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I know we're going to talk about landing pages as well, but this is a super interesting topic to dive into. What do you think about TikTok in that sense? Like, how does that fit in? You said like Instagram is your website. Do you think like that's going to go over to TikTok or like how does that like all fit together? I think we're all still (laughs) wrangling TikTok, but I see TikTok as an incredible platform for education. And I think a lot of people are now realizing that and they're going to TikTok and they're searching how to peel an onion and they're finding like the easiest, most outrageous way to do it, you know, stuff like that. So I definitely see TikTok because you could do so much on it too. There's food and bev, you can do food styling tutorials, you could do mixology stuff. Like there's a lot of different ways to promote your content on TikTok. And because TikTok is the powerhouse that it is, if you're consistently creating content, And really optimizing it, you know, adding subtitles to your videos. That's a huge thing is always adding subtitles to your social videos. And and yeah, stuff like that. I think TikTok is definitely going to be another, I don't know if it'll replace Instagram, but I think it's going to be another leg. I think think companies are going to start to say, head to our TikTok to learn more about this tutorial or something like that. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's cool. It's kind of reminds me a lot of like my background outside the podcast is like more in like the software space. And like, there's a lot of different domains that people use having one for your blog or having one for like a help center. Like, I feel like that's like the e commerce equivalent there is like, yeah, you've got your Instagram connected to your website connected Mm -hmm. to your TikTok. So kind of just like, all flows there. Yeah. And your TikTok can even be and, and, and like com- consumer uh, companies can start experimenting. Maybe TikTok is your FAQ. And when, you know, people have questions, you say head to our TikTok and we answer all your questions. You know, there's stuff like that. 
Yeah, I think there's that Q&A feature on there too, um, which I feel like is probably like underutilized a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm (laughs) sure that we're going to start to see a lot more effort go into TikTok. Are you interested in DTC and e-commerce content? Join Trend's exclusive community for everything DTC, the DTCers community. We're talking marketing, product, growth, and more all about DTC. Go to trend.io slash podcast. That's T-R-E-N-D dot I-O slash podcast and look for the Slack community link to claim your invite. We hope to see you on there. Let's talk a little bit about landing pages because I know like that's what you're super into and that's kind of your specialty as well. I feel like every single brand that I come across in the Sharma brands like family is always experimenting with landing pages and it seems like you've done a lot of stuff over there as well. So for the audience that's listening out there, like just because you have worked on so many landing pages, like what are some of the reasons that high performing landing pages perform the way they do? Like give us the, the good details. Yeah. Okay. So I would say definitely a few things. I've been saying consistency and clear messaging you don't want to confuse your consumer. And that's kind of my favorite part about a landing page is the concept is that everything stays, you, you, the consumer stays on this page, nothing links out. So they're always going to be, if there's a button, it scrolls to a different part of the landing page. So everything they need to know is on there. That being said, I think of landing pages, and this comes from like my a little journalism background, but I think of it as a news story. You always put the most important key, the definition of what you're selling, like what it is, why you need it, like the benefits. And then as you go further down the page, you can kind of add extra fluff content, whether it's, you know, a story about the founders or further iterating on your value props and stuff like that. But you definitely want to hook the person right away. And so that comes with a clear headline one trick I like to do is review best performing ad copy from the brand and use that as a headline. It's also really important that the ad that is leading to your landing page has the same messaging as your landing page. Cause imagine if you clicked on a page that was like 20% off the bundle and then you got to the page and it was like full, like it, it just didn't line up. You would immediately drop off the page. So Number one, definitely make sure your ad messaging is consistent with the landing page because people click on the ad for that reason. And yeah, you just want to give them right up front. How is this going to better your life? How are we going to solve your problems? And another thing that I like to keep at the top is either press, whether they're press quotes or just press logos just to show credibility to the brand. And also testimonials, whether it's incorporating UGC videos onto the page or written reviews, being able to see a real person write it out, you know, is just like a lot more convincing. I would also definitely utilize icons and visuals as much as you can. It's such an easy way for the consumer to digest information. Sometimes I'll go onto a page and it'll be like about the brand and it'll be like this huge paragraph that I just simply don't feel like reading, especially if I'm on mobile, I'm going to be scrolling quickly. 
And so I would recommend you take your three key things you want to communicate, you know, make that into a sentence, ideally a, a sentence or two, and then stick a visual like an icon above it. And instead of a paragraph, you see three separate pillars of your brand. And it's just an easier way to digest. So we've been doing a lot. And the same goes for charts. We do a lot of comparison charts. So some brands are comfortable going straight for the competitors and be like, yes, put their name on the, you know, but other times we just will do compare it to the generic version of, you know, like soda versus, you know, if it was like Olipop versus like your average can of soda. And those do really well too, because another thing, it's easy for people to digest visually and, and they can quickly see your advantages. So yeah, definitely work on your corporate visuals. And then I would also say, like I was saying before, reading your reviews and making sure that if someone is always complaining about one problem and you know your product fixes that, make it, say that, you know, message that and get those people to realize that your product is better. Those are all really good tips over there. I th- feel like you like shared a lot of great components that people can add to landing pages. And I guess like the best way to wrap up this question over here is like, what do you and the team use to build landing pages, I guess? Yeah, so I do wireframe and design on Figma. I am a Figma super fan, even though there's so much more to learn. And then, well, typically I've built on builder.io, which is a great way it integrates into Shopify and it's very templatized. So it's very easy for you to create, whether you want to do a shop page, a homepage, they have a bunch of different templates, but primarily we use Unbound to develop. Okay, cool. That's that's awesome. That's super helpful for for feedback over there um, and ideas. Yeah. Let's shift gears a little bit too, to talk about... Uh brand identity a little bit. I feel like I don't think there's a single miss in the Sharma brands in terms of like brand identity. It's clear that uh, you and the team spend a lot of time working on that stuff. Mm -hmm. So just from everything that you kind of worked on, what are like, if you had to name off like three key elements of building a strong brand identity, like what would they be? And if you have some examples to share too, like feel free to dive in and feel free to self plug as well. If there's uh, <laughs> ones from the the team. <laughs> yeah, totally. I would say definitely clarity. People need to know what your brand is. If you confuse them, you lose them. So definitely make sure that you have your product definition down, your brand definition down, you know, whatever it is that you are, make sure that's clear to the consumer. Don't try to make it fancy. Don't try to use impressive words. Like really just pretend like you're talking to a five-year-old and they need to understand what it is. That's number one. Number two, I would say making sure that your messaging is consistent because that's how you build the identity. If you're going back and forth between different personas, different tones of voices, different strategies, it's really going to start to confuse the consumer and they're not going to really feel like they're a part of a brand anymore. And then the third thing I would say is collab. Know what your strong, you know, your strengths are. But also sometimes when it comes to building a brand, a lot of times when it comes to building a brand identity, your team is so close to it that you might be missing some important things, whether it's maybe you need to address more of the challenges 
that are coming. And just so whether you're hiring or just reaching out to people and getting their thoughts, get outdoor thoughts, because the reason you created a product might not be the reason why someone uses it. So I would definitely say, yeah, be clear, stay consistent, and also listen to other people. Awesome. Those are some really helpful tips over there. And I know we're coming close to the end of the podcast over here, like as we come close to the end. I want to ask you, like, I feel like we've talked a lot about Sharma brands and the awesome stuff there are over there. And everyone should definitely check out the brands that you and the team work with and work on. But outside of Sharma brands, like, uh, I think every single person that we brought on the podcast is also looking at other brands just out of habit. What are some of the other brands that you kind of look at for inspiration as well? Yeah. So I actually, again, three ship. We haven't worked with them personally, but I um, follow Lily on Twitter and we've become friends. She's our head of DTC. They just completely revamped their website. And I think it's incredible. I was taking notes on it the other day. They totally just reinvented their site and added such incredible, valuable information for the consumer, which I think a lot of companies miss. They focus a lot on the aesthetic and the design and they think, oh, we don't want too many words. We don't want to want it to look pretty. But no, you need information and content on there that's going to convert. And I think Three Ships is doing a really good job with that. I'm also, I recently discovered Touchland, which is a hand sanitizer. I think I actually have, well, only, I guess only you see, but they actually started in Barcelona and they just recently came over to the US, but their whole thing, it's not hands, it's not hand sanitizer. It's for people that love human touch that love to, and there's that element of like safety and comfort in like the people who love to feel and touch. And I think that's such an interesting way to spin hand sanitizer, especially because of the past two years we've had where everyone's just like, Oh, let me scrub all these germs off instead (laughs) putting a twist on it and saying, yeah, keep your hands clean, but it's not scary. Like it's because you love to interact with others or you want to pick something up and feel it. And they actually just did a collab with Disney, which I thought was really cool. So I'm excited to keep watching them. And then I know you said I shouldn't say anything for Sharma brands, but I must say Sniff, I'm so excited to keep watching them. They have, they started as, and they still are, they are a fragrance company and it's actually really cool the the way that they're disrupting this industry. It's the similar model as Warby Parker, try before you buy. And so you'll get your case, you'll get your full bottles of perfume, and then each one comes with a sampler. And so you try the samplers, you love them all, keep them. If you only like one, you keep one, send the two back, and you only pay for the one that you keep. So always thought that was cool. And then just this week, or I guess they're officially launching next week, but they announced their candle collection, which I think is so cool when companies have this sniff isn't perfume company. It's a scent company. And so that goes into now candles and they kept their same model. So the candles, you get your full size candle, but then you also get a tea size candle. So you can test the candle first. And then if you like, you know, same concept. And I thought that was really cool how they kept their brand model. And that goes with their brand identity. They are very keen on the fact that scents are personal and it's very hard to find one to find scents online because you don't necessarily know what it's going to smell like. 
And then going to a fragrance counter at the mall is just a horrible experience. And so the way that they've taken the model and have, have adapted it to their different products, I think is awesome and, and really um, enforces their brand identity as, as a company who wants you to try and really, really like what you have. And if you don't, we will take it back. But thank you for trying us. Yeah. And I feel like that probably speaks a lot to the confidence of the product as well, that Mm -hmm. everyone can benefit from when you have that kind of like model, like it forces you to have a really good product. You can't just put out a mediocre product and expect people to to want to keep it. Yep. Totally. For sure. Cool. Any last tips that you have around uh, branding and, and landing pages or Anything else that you want to share? Oof. Yeah, I would just say, I'm not going to say consistent messaging again. I don't think I can say that <laughs> enough. <laughs> um, but really listen to your customer because not only are you going to get the information that you know is necessary, but it's going to keep them coming back. And at the end of the day, that's what we're all striving for is for that you know lifetime customer. And so I would say right now, yeah, focusing on their reactions and their needs really helps with forming landing pages and messaging and stuff like that. I think you shared a lot of awesome tips out there too for how people can kind of like lean into what their customers are saying and really use that. But Bailey, it's been awesome having you on the podcast over here. I feel like I learned a lot from just listening to you and I know our audience did as well. One thing I'll I'll ask before we wrap up over here, what's next for Sharma Brands? What are you and the team working on? And then uh, if there's any like links that you want to drop or direct people to go to, um, feel free to share those as well. Yeah. Even you're on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, I'll plug myself. Well, for Sharma Brands, I mean, you're just going to have to see. We have some quite a few exciting launches coming down the line. So keep your eyes open. But as far as links go, um, check out SharmaBrands.com. Learn about what we do. Follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Bailey Cooper. Yeah. Awesome. Well, once again, Bailey, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. It was awesome having you on here. Just a lot to be learned. Really appreciate you joining us today. Thank you for having me. It was so fun. Yeah. Well, hopefully everyone enjoyed this episode of the DTC pod. If you did, feel free to drop us a quick rating and subscribe. We'll catch you next time. 